Welcome to the 401k Marketing Podcast. Are you ready to be the go-to expert in the retirement plan community? Listen in as we share ideas, resources, and best practices that you can use to professionalize your firm, demonstrate your authority, and earn more 401k business. Hi, everyone, uh, and welcome to today's 401k Marketing Podcast, where we have a distinguished social media expert, Bruce Johnson, with Two Dogs Social. Bruce and his daughter started Two Dogs Social in 2008. Eight. So how many folks here have been on social media since 2008? Yeah. So him and his daughter have been working hard in that time, always paying attention to what's trending, what's interesting, what's changing on the LinkedIn algorithms. So that way they can stay ahead of their clients and continue to develop their awesome brand reputation. So with that, Bruce, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rebecca. I appreciate that. And it's great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, let's kick it off. If you can, give us a little bit of background on um, what is Two Dog Social. Two Dog Social, we're a social media marketing firm working predominantly with financial advisors. And to your point, in 2008, I had a 35-year career in the business and left the business and was fascinated by social media, especially LinkedIn, and began to study it. And unfortunately, I was a couple of years too early because there was no, were no compliance platforms in place that were acceptable to the wirehouses and to the independents and the RIAs out there. So for two years, we studied LinkedIn, how to leverage it. And our friends from Delaware Funds came along and said, let's work with you. And so we started working with them for six months. And all of a sudden, we signed 10 one-year back-to-back contracts. And during that time, probably visited every branch of uh, the major wires and the independents in the United States. I have more frequent flyer miles than I want to admit to. <laughs> I love it. So back even, you know, we, we talk about like first movers advantage. And in 2010, when that social media became allowed, and thank you, Smarsh and other recording software out there for social media, et cetera, digital spaces. It's so cool that you're able, that you were able to study it for two years, get really familiar. And I think it's probably kept you on your toes ever since, right? Oh, it definitely has. I mean, last year you look at LinkedIn and one of the claims I read is that there were a hundred modifications or enhancements to the platform just in calendar year 2022. And I think in January this year, there were five changes or functionality enhancements. So this morning I logged on to LinkedIn, like I think a lot of us do pretty regularly in our day to day. And I was posting for an upcoming event and I noticed, guess what? They changed their posting interface. So today they announced a new one. <laughs> and you know, they don't call you at home to tell you that. Unfortunately, and they don't ask for my permission either. <laughs> no, exactly. exactly. <laughs> for many advisors, before they work with you, what are some of the things that you would say the top three things that retirement plan advisors struggle with? I think from our experience, they struggle with how to leverage social media to begin with. That's a pretty general, broad theme that I just brought up there. But you know, what would that mean? Well, they don't understand the impact of a social media platform, be it Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever the case might be. And it really works against them. Um, you know, what message are you sending so to somebody whose retirement plan you want to manage if your LinkedIn profile or your social media pl profiles are incomplete? Mm -hmm. Is that how you're going to handle my 
my retirement plan? Are you are you going to cross all the T's, not all the I's? The other thing is, once they get onto the platform, and most of them don't have a photograph, a banner, et cetera, they don't do anything with it. Um, go on to LinkedIn and see how many people the last time they posted was three months ago, a year ago. You remember, you're educating an audience out there that has the potential to become a, not only a prospect, but a client. And they're looking to you for guidance and insights. So that's what you want to do. The other thing is no engagement. You know, you and I engage on LinkedIn often. You'll post something and I'll make a comment. And what that does is it enhances the the reach of your content. Uh, your name gets out there in front of more people. Your company name gets out there in front of more people. And you do the same thing for me. So in essence, we're scratching one another's back a bit here. But that's how you build a, a following on LinkedIn. So those are the three things that most advisors don't do. Sounds like the three. Those are pretty three pretty big areas. We like to call them areas of opportunity. So three really big areas of opportunity, having a complete profile. So that way, when someone is doing digital due diligence and they're scanning through, if you have gaps, it might raise a little red flag and say, wait a minute, if you have a gap on your social media platform, will my account have gaps? Will there be sloppy paperwork or just something that from an administrative standpoint might not be buttoned up. You know, how confident do I feel in that? And then second, when I'm looking at the advisor's page, again, as a prospect, what are you going to teach me about? What do you read? What do you listen to? How are you going to make me a better planned fiduciary? And then the third one, so not having a great online presence and then engagement level. So when you are doing lots of posts, which is great, love seeing that. Absolutely. Please, everyone continue to share quality content and then seeing that engagement side of it as well, which shows that you have influence within the business as well. That's great. Great, Bruce. I've, those sound like three uh, really compelling reasons why people would want to work with Two Dog Social. So let's talk about after clients work with you give them a little bit of a taste. What are the top three successes? You know, from a success standpoint, we've, we always see an enhanced brand awareness. And that's what you're looking for. If you're a financial advisor, if you're a retirement plan advisor, you need to have brand awareness. There's how many, if I go on to LinkedIn, it depends on the time of day, I think, because at one point, I can come up with a half a million financial advisors. <laughs> on LinkedIn. If I go and carve that through, I, I can come up to, with about 120,000. Think about that. That's your competition that you're competing against. Now you bring that down to a geographical area and it even it gets much more competitive. I had one advisor I was working with and said, I'm not sure how many plans there are in my area and how many HR principals there are and CFOs and those types of things. So I used LinkedIn and I said, well, let me tell you, within a 20-mile radius of where you are. Right now, there's 35,000 people that have SHRM credentials, HR credentials, their vice presidents, et cetera. There's more than enough to say grace over, okay? You just have to get engaged. So that's how you build your brand awareness by reaching out to those people and making sure that they're you know, aware of, of your capabilities and what you can bring to the table and how you might be able to help them. And that's a key, how you can help them not how they can help you. The other thing is that 
we see prospect engagement where this just happened to me on Friday. I'm in a client's account. We're working through it. And I see a communication back and forth between them. Hey, looking forward to talking to you on Monday, talking to you about XYZ plan. We had just sent an invitation for that person to connect on Monday. And on Friday, they're putting together a meeting. Mm-hmm. So we watch that for clients. Clients have a tendency not to go in and look at the messaging section. So they go, oh, I'm, I'm too busy. Well, that's where people are reaching out to you and saying, hey, what about this? What about that? Sure, there's some clutter in there, but you know what? That's part of it. It's like email. Every email you get isn't perfect, okay? And it's not exactly what you want, but it's something you just put up with. And then the other thing that uh, happens is that we're scheduling meetings, like my example I just showed or mm-hmm. talked about is where you can schedule meetings off of LinkedIn. And a tip to retirement plan advisors is you can attach Calendly to your LinkedIn message. Get in the habit of doing that and make it easy for somebody to reach out and schedule an appointment with you. I love it. So there's a stat that says, LinkedIn is the, I don't think this is a surprise for anybody, but LinkedIn is the social media network that business professionals prefer. And when you do get a lead from social media, 80% of the time, those leads are going to come through LinkedIn. There's, yeah, there's no, no question about that. I think if you look at demographically LinkedIn, we're close to a billion, you know, we, we can't keep track of it. And, you know, little known fact to some, most people out there is that LinkedIn's not done at a billion. Their goal is 3 billion people worldwide. Now, of the billion, 200 million of those are in the United States. And of those folks, 50% of those are college graduates. Mm-hmm. And 45% of those are in upper management. Mm-hmm. Every one of the Fortune 500 C-suites is on LinkedIn. So you can't ignore it. <laughs> I mean, if there's ever a f- pond to go fishing in, it's, you just mentioned you know, Sherm. Amazing. A conversation with you know an advisor who said, I- I'm really unsure of uh, my target market and where I can find decision makers. And you very easily were able to identify their geographic location how many plans, applying that information, and then extrapolating out and saying, if you have the owner, then you have their contact information, but then you also have the rest of the decision-making committee, and they are all publicly available on LinkedIn. No no question. (laughs) And, you know, you can, for those that are leveraging Larkspur or or a, a tool like Larkspur, you can go on there and you can identify the principles in some cases now they're identifying whether they're on LinkedIn, you can make the connection right there. <clears throat> and you can expand to the entire suite of executives that you need to be in touch with because the 5,500 signatures there, the CFO is there and so on and so forth. One of my trade secrets is I always like to look at who the connections in common are. And then from that, I get a really good sense of the kid, who that person is. I don't know why, but for some reason I look at the names that are similar and I go, oh, okay. I, I, I can start to see whether it's personality overlaps or similarities in like different companies or different roles, just because I, I, I know the majority of the folks who are on my LinkedIn connections list. 
And it's really cool. You got to start to make these like great, interesting leaps. And you say, oh, all right, this person, you know, they're a professional. They understand the business. They're probably going to be at this event because all those other people I met at that event. And and then you look at your basically your professional friends. And if you wanted to, you could reach out to one of them and ask, oh, I noticed that you're connected with Bruce Johnston. Can you tell me a little bit more about him? And it leads to this great conversation that your professional friend is going to tell you about, oh, I met Bruce at the LPL conference. He's a social media guru. He understands the business. He's been doing this you know, over 20 years now. I don't know how you haven't met him before. And you're like, oh, boy, <laughs> shame on me, you know? So yeah, I love the way that and, it works out. And, you know, you take that, you know, a step deeper and then look at their interest, that they their shared interests or maybe some shared experiences that you have with that person, that we've been to these conferences together. What did you think of Nevin Adams and his comments? And is he mm-hmm. really retired? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's down to writing just four articles a week now instead of five. Okay, You know, you know that's the kind of thing that you can get involved with. And I know we work with um, some folks that – they're adjunct professors for TPSU. Yeah, we great promote, organization. Yeah, we promote those. You know, we ask them take photographs of your of the classroom or the venue that you're making your presentation in. Give it to us. We'll write a lead into it, and it goes out onto LinkedIn. And it's surprising how many people uh, respond to that. Love it, love it. All right, this is kind of a kind of a basic question, but if. I think you would provide a great soundbite to why. Bruce, can you tell us why it's so important for advisors to have a growing LinkedIn network? Well, it's yeah, I always chuckle. There, there's a lead into that lead in, okay? Uh, we always ask the question, are you connected with all of your clients that are on LinkedIn? No. If you're not, your competition is. Okay. And so then the other thing about it, you know, that part is that now you're, you're connected with all your clients, get to know who's going to, who, who's in their sphere of influence. Why? Well, there's a sphere of influence now in decision making in corporate America. It's not a one off. It's not the CEO, the CFO making a decision or the head of HR making a decision about that plan. There's going to be other people involved. Five, six, seven people, I believe is what I've heard is in the decision tree. So you want to be connected with all those people, and that causes you to have to create or uh, expand your LinkedIn profile. Love you know, it. and then you got retirements. You know, the person that you've been close to for the last 10, 15 years, all of a sudden one day says, "Hey, I've retired." Did what? You never talked to me about that. Don't have to. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> so you want to be protective. You know, it protect your business. All right. So this is another question. Thank you. That's perfect. This is another question that I know you're good at this. So if you were to concoct the perfect recipe, I mean, like masterful recipe of, I think we would want to call it the inbound message, the direct message on LinkedIn. What is your recipe for social media media messaging success? That's a good question. It's a tough question. And I think that what you need to think about is one, you for LinkedIn specifically, you only have 300 characters. 
So you can't put a message together that says, hi, Rebecca, how are you? I see that you're a pro. I am too in 401k. And by the way, let's connect so I can walk through all the red flags that I identified about your plan. Not going to happen. Okay. You can't do that. So going back to your point, when you talked about those that we share in common, you want to, you've got to create a 300 character or less. Now the 300 character or less includes your name at the end. And my recommendation always is save room to put your telephone number in there and your email address. Okay. So because what you're, what are you doing? You're trying to get people off LinkedIn as quickly as possible so you can engage them. And you do that via a telephone call, via setting up an appointment or via at least an email going back and forth. So you've got to craft your message accordingly. So we know Rebecca Heller and in in common, she's, you know, so you're hanging with a very, very professional person who understands the retirement business better than most like to connect with you. Then what happens is that what's your follow-up message? And this is where most of most advisors go, oh, that's easy. Rebecca, thanks for connecting with me. And gee, there just wasn't enough room for me to put all the attachments that I wanted to send to you. There's an app. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Okay. You don't want to do that. It's like, Rebecca, thank you for connecting with me. I look forward to getting to know you better through your post. If you have a favorite post, Rebecca, send it to me and I'll post it for you on my LinkedIn profile. So what have I done? Engaged you, ingratiated myself to you. I'm helping promote your business. And I haven't asked you for an appointment or anything like that. So that's right. what you So well, you it, send a nice email, a nice message for your connection note. I'm just summarizing. So mm-hmm. a nice message. And I, I find some sort of common thread. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's an event, a group, great meeting you at insert event. You send the message, which we're not putting in any hard sales tactics here. The person accepts, and then it's never an ask. Never. The first one is never an ask. It's a nice, I like the word that you said, ingratiating. So you compliment them. You thank them. You then ask, you then share with them that if they have great content, that they want you to help promote your very willing to do that. Uh, right. And you look forward to getting to know them through social media. So you, yeah. and, you know, and maybe you've picked up on something on their LinkedIn profile where they posted an article mm. about a certain aspect of retirement plans. You know, maybe it's return to work. Maybe it's employee wellness. Hey, I read your article. I thought it was great. By the way, here's another perspective and you attach a piece. So I'm trying, I'm engaging you here all the time. And then here's where, then what happens is most folks will stop at that point. Well, Rebecca didn't reach out. She didn't send me anything. Didn't give me the keys of the kingdom. You know, I didn't get an appointment. I'm, I'm done. Don't be done. Seven to 10 days later, reach out again. Okay. So this is just like an email campaign. How do you put an email campaign together? You know, you send the email, you look at your bounce rates, you look at your open rates, you look at this, that, and the other thing, you change the subject line, the same one goes out six days later, another one, it's a four-part campaign, you know, so think of LinkedIn as the same. So I think this is a perfect lead-in. I guess I'll uh, 
give away some secret sauce here. That is what Two Dog Social does. (laughs) (laughs) You get your hands dirty and you actually go in on behalf of the advisor and then you help to create those connections with the CFOs, with the CEOs, with the SHRM professionals. And then you start the dialogue with that intro message, which you've crafted gazillions of times by now. Mm -hmm. And then you, you then continue the dialogue inside of the inbox. So that way that advisor is continually nurturing a pipeline through social media. And then selfish plug for ourselves here, when the advisor has great content that they're consistently posting, then that helps whoever you've now created in their network, look at that content and say, oh, this actually applies to me as a a plan administrator. And Well, you know, the content that you guys create is terrific. If an advisor is working with you, then they should be taking that content also and sending it to their LinkedIn connections, see if they can generate some business from that. I mean, because, you know, your content comes out and it sits there on LinkedIn or Facebook, other Mm -hmm. platforms, but this way you can get it out to them individually. And I think it would generate a lot. Great idea. Great idea. If you can, Bruce, um, if you can share a quick story on client success, and then I'm sure a lot of our listeners are saying, all right, I want to know more about Bruce and how I can contact him. Share a quick story on client success before we um, get that contact information so that way people know how to reach out to him. This was an interesting one. And and as professionals such as yourself and other providers I've talked with, we never hear the success stories. <laughs> okay, so let's preface this by this. It's always, well, you know, it's pretty close to the vest, okay, because they don't want anybody else to know. Uh, it was funny in RIA Intel, I read a Cerulli report, and they were saying, what can asset managers do to help financial advisors? And they said, well, share success stories with them. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it never happens. So we have a success story. And it was kind of like pulling teeth, too, to get this one out. We have a retirement plan advisor who obviously filled out the RFP. And it was kind of an interesting twist or turn that uh, the committee took. The committee assigned five or six members to go out and look at the four finalists' social media presence. And the driver behind that was that You've got Gen Z, you've got millennials, you know, in the marketplace. And I just had a grandson, so he's uh, Gen Alpha. Okay, that's the new one coming on. But anyway, you've got all these constituencies in this marketplace. And what their idea was, they're going to be going to social media for guidance. It's not about the emails. It's not about this, you know, the meetings, the town halls and that type of thing. It's going to be Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram and maybe YouTube. So our client, they went and they looked at every one of his platforms. He got the deal, it was a $20 million uh, retirement account. So because of his LinkedIn presence Mm -hmm. and Facebook, et cetera, Mm -hmm. he prevailed. So that's one quick success. I love it, I love it. And the trend line on our demographics in our country today is that's more and more important for social proof. that the advisor understands the business, has experience in the business, is going to be the great quality of fit for those organizations. Well, and and you talk about people on LinkedIn. In the United States, it's a couple hundred million people that are on LinkedIn. And India has 500 million, something Mm -hmm. like that. It's a huge following. So who would you think, what demographic would be on LinkedIn the most? 
you know, and you kind of go 500, 200, it's got to be India. Truth of the matter is, in the U.S., 69% of U.S. users are on LinkedIn daily. In mm-hmm. India, it's 7.08%. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yeah, so so we're really using it here the in the United States. Power users so, are United. Yeah, so think about it. And we've done some things. We've done LinkedIn invitations for wine tastings. We've done LinkedIn invitations for how do you get your college student a internship mm-hmm. or a full-time position? So we taught them, you know, this group of students how to build their LinkedIn profile. So advisors can use LinkedIn, any of the platforms, a hundred different ways in order to ingratiate themselves to clients and build their business. Bruce, I'm hooked. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Can you please share with our our listeners today how they can contact you, how they can learn more about Two Dog Social? Please share your contact information. Okay. The contact information is email address would be Bruce at Two Dogs Social. So that's T W O D O G S S O C I A L dot com. There was no clever way to do that without <laughs> coming up with that one. And then uh, phone number, give me a call, 610-772-3553, or our website is twodogsocial.com. We'd be happy to talk with you. Thank you, Rebecca. Well, thank you so much, Bruce, for joining the podcast today. Uh, it was excellent to learn more about the power users that Americans are on LinkedIn, the realm of possibilities that advisors can find right in their front yard when it comes to prospecting using LinkedIn and through data aggregation, and then the great work that Two Dog Social, so that way you're the ones who are doing that heavy lifting to always have an active inbox generating more and more social media leads. So thank you so much for your time and for joining the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to today's 401k marketing podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of our guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of 401k marketing. The content has been available for informational and educational purposes only. We hope you enjoyed.